Welcome to episode 019, what I've learned about baby sleep. Welcome, I'm your host, Clara Bade. One woke mama is a journey of awakening through the raw, sometimes painful, always beautiful and definitely messy ride that is motherhood. This is our journey in mind, body and soul towards consciousness. We seek clarity, we hunt down the truth, we dive into the discomfort of healing, uncovering shadows and rising out of them back into the new woman that we're meant to be. Through my personal brand of storytelling, musings, wisdom bombs and insights, we journey into motherhood, the catalyst if you so choose to become more conscious, aware and woke. I'm just one mama following the path to work and I hope you choose to wake up with me too. Hi gorgeous mama, welcome to today's episode of One Woke Mama. So I put out a little poll on Instagram to ask if any of my One Work Mama listeners would like to hear about what I've come to learn about baby sleep. And I got a huge response. 100% of you replied and said, yes, please. So here I am. And I'm sharing with you what I know and have come to feel is true about baby sleep but I'm no expert and I want to say this nobody is because babies aren't robots and every single circumstance every single child is different but also the family that they're born into is different the experience is different all of it so I'm sharing with you what I've come to learn and you have to cherry pick as always from this and see how it lands for you and see where it resonates and see where it doesn't and then go from there So let me paint you a picture. And most mamas are going to get this image instantly, having lived it for themselves. I had a wild experience with baby number one, so with Soleil, when it comes to sleep. And I'll elaborate on that in a second. But baby number two, here I am pregnant, and I'd managed to, and I use this word with a little bit of hilarity, convince myself and to change my thoughts around sleep. Coming to this belief that my newborn baby would be infinitely better at sleeping than my first because I was different. I was a different mother and I'd done the work on clearing my thoughts around babies in sleep. So my first experience with Soleil practically broke me and I've shared this many times before but if you're new here let me give you some more information. I always knew when I was pregnant with Soleil that sleep deprivation was going to be a hard thing for me. I wasn't good at not sleeping. I wasn't one of those people that was okay if I lost a few hours sleep. But I didn't know a few things. I never quite knew that some babies literally have no idea how to get to sleep and how to stay asleep and how to rest. I knew that some babies slept longer than others, but I didn't know that it was such a battle. It was such a fight. So here I am with Soleil, with this newborn baby. We'd had a super fast, very epic birthing experience that was equal parts beautiful but also incredibly shocking and I was in shock as was she. There was catnapping, there was constant feeding, refusing to sleep in the carrier or in the pram or in the car, sleeping on me for very short bursts of time, needing white noise, incredibly loud white noise, needing an incredibly dark room and no cracks of light and it was extreme. And part of that is, I guess, 
related to me and my hypervigilance, which I'll share about, but also her and who she is today, who I now understand based on her, which I'll share in another episode, why those were the way, those were the things that she needed at that time. So baby number two, and I'm starting to see some similar patterns, catnapping, constant feeding, refusing to sleep in the carrier, needing a lot of intervention. Raphael seems considerably more grounded and settled than Soleil, but still the pattern is starting to show again. And I'm thinking, what the heck is going on here? Didn't I do the work? Didn't I manifest a different experience? Aren't I in the driver's seat of my life? Aren't I co-creating this experience? Haven't I changed as a mother a second time round? Isn't it supposed to be different? That's what people tell you. You're going to get your little Buddha baby. You're going to get your easy baby. Wait till you see everything so different with the second baby. What the heck is going on? So again, let me jump back to Soleil. Like I said, I'd never factored in that a baby could require so much help. And this floored me. This was a new experience to me. Not only was I still in shock from her birth, it was a traumatic experience. And by trauma, I mean not emotionally traumatic. I actually really enjoyed her birth and I thought it was a very beautiful experience, but it was too fast. It was too much. It was too soon. I went from first contraction to having a baby in my arms within three hours and 43 minutes. So to then be in this experience of constantly rocking a child in a pitch black room with extremely loud white noise, I lost myself. I completely lost myself in this extreme hypervigilance, the insane worry, the fear, the stress, the obsession over sleep, the Googling at three o'clock in the morning, the adrenaline pumping through my system, the complete insecurity, the lack of control, of course, the sleep deprivation on top of that. So as I'm saying that, I'm, I'm thinking this in my head. Why did it matter so much whether she slept or not at that time? She didn't sleep. I couldn't rest. I couldn't rest meant I wasn't okay. I'd never experienced sleep, sleep deprivation like that. It triggered my own experience as a child, as a baby. Possibly I was left to cry a lot. Possibly being an unsettled baby, I wasn't able to rest. I know I was quite needy on my mother in those first few months. I knew that as a baby, I've had experiences of visions from in utero. I knew that I was entering a shitstorm of a family and I was the youngest of five and I was a burden to some extent. So my experience as a baby was coming up in Soleil's experience as a baby and she was mirroring all of this straight back to me. She was completely shocked to be earthside just as I was when I was born. She had a steely determination to her, just like I did when I was born. But we were both incredibly unsettled. And all of that came up for me. So as I said, her journey was a huge mirror for me. And it instantly brought up so many unhealed parts within myself. It took me to my edge over and over and over again. And it showed me the years of meditation and self-development work that I had done had been a beautiful balm, a beautiful foundation, a beautiful um, core component of what would soon become my own healing and my own self-regulation and my own um, ability to pull myself up and out of the darkness. But those years of meditation and self-development work had only touched the top layer of the healing that I was about to embark on. And I had to go deep. 
and my experience with Soleil set me to the depths. I had to crumble first. I had to witness myself crumble. I had to simultaneously find a way to ask for help, to say I wasn't okay, to be the first to admit that I knew that something was disrupted within me emotionally, energetically, spiritually, mentally, physically. I then had to clamber my way back to the light. I had to watch and witness my wounds coming up. I had to question myself. I had to repattern my belief systems. I had to regain my inner warrior. I had to take back power. I had to heal my broken inner child, which is an ongoing journey, by the way. The list goes on of what came up through the depths of that experience. Gradually, as she grew and she got stronger and you know, more assimilated into this world and this environment and this earth, I got better and I got stronger. But not without a lot of stopping and starting, a lot of back and forward, a lot of breaking and remaking. I had two sleep trainers and I also went to Tresillion and did a week-long stay there. And nothing I did with Soleil stuck. Uh, in one regard, I couldn't follow through. I wasn't emotionally and ment mentally equipped to cope with what needed to happen to hold space for her, to be carefully and gently and lovingly guided into learning how to sleep. My nervous system wasn't wired to handle the trigger of her crying because it triggered my own childhood experiences, my own babyhood experiences. I wasn't yet able to fully hold space for her tears because I hadn't held space for myself and my tears. I also knew intuitively that she wasn't ever going to be trained for many reasons, down to her personality, down to who she is today, down to her own personality and determination, but also for other basic reasons, like teething was intense for her. And developmentally, she was very advanced and moving into crawling and walking and all those sort of things quite quickly. And speech was through the roof very quickly. She was changing rapidly. So eventually I learned to surrender. And that was the core lesson that Soleil gave me at the beginning. To surrender into her and to follow her lead, no matter how intense that was. She slowly slept better as I slowly let go. She slept better on her own terms and she slept through just before two when she was ready. When she'd finally cut her molars, she'd finished teething developmentally, she'd hit some major milestones and she was part of this world and she was grounded here on earth. And I was a much more stable, grounded mother at that point. So let me take you back to Raphael. Like I said at the beginning, here I was with a newborn going, what the heck? Things are supposed to be different. But here I am once again faced with these similarities. I'm nowhere near as triggered and I'm nowhere near as angry about it all or broken by it because I just started to think, all right, here we go again with surrender. I just have bad sleepers. But I then started to discuss this with my mentor because she was saying, wait a minute, what's going on here, Claire? Two very different children yet such similar patterns of sleep. Can we find the commonalities? Can we find the things that are maybe common between their experiences that are affecting their sleep? So we started to dig. We started to search. And in that process, sleep got better. And then it got worse. It got way worse. Raphael's sleep was 
horrendous. Up until the seven-month mark, I could barely see straight from the sleep deprivation. Now throw in some ghosts in our house and an energy vortex in our bedroom, and I was literally spinning. I could barely stand up straight without holding onto the wall. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to episode 014 with Shananda, where you can learn more about the ghosts and the energy vortex in our home, which definitely affected Raphael, definitely affected me too. So here I had this baby that was a wreck and I had a family that was falling apart. Soleil was not coping with the way that sleep was unfolding in our house for Raphael and what I was required to do for him. And I wasn't coping. It was starting to consume life again like it did with her. So I made a decision, a very, very empowered decision that I was going to sleep train him and we were going to do it beautifully and lovingly and gently, but firmly with clear boundaries. And it was the best decision that we made. And I'm so proud of myself because it showed how far I'd come as a woman, that I was willing to hold space for him and his tears and his journey and to trust that tears weren't evil or bad or that I was ruining or breaking him or hurting him but that I was giving back to the whole family too in this process. So for three months, we experienced a huge shift in our family. I regained some strength by sleeping better. He did too. We had a huge shift in our family and our family patterning and our life and our flow. And some sanity came back for all of us. And I want to say here that before I started sleep training Raphael, I discussed this with him for weeks. I know that sounds ridiculous. He doesn't talk, right? But he understood everything and I told him everything in detail. I told him exactly what was going to happen, how it was going to happen, when, with who, who was going to be helping him. And I came from a place of clear confidence and security and trust and inspired him that this was going to be the best thing for all of us, including him, most importantly him. And he, he responded. I even had Marianne, my mentor, communicate with him directly and he knew what was going to happen. He knew it was going to be hard, but he was open and ready for it. And I'm so grateful that I was able to get that clarity that he understood. And it was a relatively streamlined process. He responded super fast. And like I said, it changed everything. But, and here's the but, my friends. Around about the 10-month mark, Raphael had started walking and once he figured out he could stand up in the cot, it all fell apart. Gradually and slowly, his sleep got worse. He decided to refuse to self-settle like he had before. He even sent me that message intuitively. It's not going to work like it did before, Mum. It's not going to happen. We had ghosts return into our apartment and it just progressively got worse. And so here I was once again in discussions with myself and with my mentor. What's the commonality here? What's going on? Okay, so he's figured out he can walk and he, he can walk and he can stand up and the technique's not right for him anymore. He's changed developmentally, but what is unsettling him? I kept exploring. And I knew that there were many commonalities between Raphael and Soleil, between the home that we live in, between the circumstances, so many things, but I knew that the core denominator was me. And this is what I've had to explore over the few months since, and probably from the beginning with Soleil, to be honest, and what I've worked on over and over. We've looked at the bedroom environment, we've looked at the ghosts and healed that, we've changed things in diets, we've 
turned off Wi-Fi, we've cleared mold, we've focused on developmental stages and been accepting of that, we've embraced and accepted the teething challenges that he's had and Soleil had too. And I want to say here that I feel that teething for my children is a huge element of their sleep challenges. They teethe slowly but a lot in one go and they seem to be in a lot of pain. We've looked at behavioural elements, we've looked at bedding, we've looked at sleep training techniques from feeding to sleep to parental presence to crying it out. We've looked at all the elements. But again, I had to come back to me. And like I said, I've been looking at me, looking at myself, looking at how I played a role in all of this from the beginning. And I knew that I was at the core of this sleep issue, as hard as that was to admit. But I hadn't fully come to understand what that was. So this is what I now know on a few levels. And I hope that this resonates for you. On one level, it's genetics. My children have followed my pattern of being an unsettled, unrested baby. How or why that's happened? That's a long story that maybe traces back for many generations. The other element is both birthing experiences were intense in some way. Beautiful and intense in some way. And I know that this affected the way that they entered the world and the way that I entered motherhood. Stage one and stage two. Now the third element here is my own nervous system and how they are plugged into it. And this has probably been the biggest wake-up call for me and the thing that I really want you to take away from all of this. From day one with Soleil, people were saying to me, Claire, babies can feel your energy. They can sense your anxiety. You must be calm. You must feel calm. Chill out. Relax. Which I get, right? And you get too. But it's all well and good to say that to someone when they are hitting peak anxiety levels and their nervous system is on permanent fight or flight mode and they are losing themselves in sleep deprivation. So in that moment, it's like, okay, so how exactly do I chill out? How exactly do I stay calm when something else here is wiring me up to feel this way, to feel panicked, to feel hypervigilant, to feel fearful, to feel worried? But there's something within that message that I hadn't fully comprehended and I now realize is the key component of my sleep issues with my children. So not only are our children aware of and can sense our energy and our feelings, they are actually directly plugged right into your nervous system, just like you plug in you know, your iPhone into the wall to be charged, just like that. They are directly enmeshed in your energy, your nervous system. So if you are predominantly in sympathetic mode, which I was and I always have been, I've been born this way and that is part of why I'm on this journey, constantly healing and regulating my own nervous system. And that relates back to beliefs and patternings that we've taken on from in utero. So that's another story, guys. But for some of us, we're born this way. We're born in sympathetic mode, which is fight or flight. So then your children are in that mode with you. There is no differentiation between you and your children in terms of nervous system. They are plugged right in. So let's think about it like this. What message does a child receive when they are plugged into a wired up fight or flight mode? 
when they are plugged into your sympathetic nervous system. What's the key message they are downloading? They are downloading unsafe, insecure, not okay, fear. So let's see it like this then. How is a child supposed to settle and sleep well if their mama is energetically sending a looping message of unsafety, insecurity and fear? And what does a child do when they receive this message over and over on a loop? They take it on as their own story. I am not safe. I am insecure. I am not okay. I am afraid. I can't rest easy. I need help. I'm going to cling to you. I'm going to call out for your help. Do not leave me. Don't leave me. I am afraid. I need you. So I know all babies need biological and emotional assistance. And I'm not expecting a baby to sleep through the night. I'm not one of those people. I still have a son that wakes one to two times per night and I'm 100% okay with that. I know he needs me in the night and parenting continues day and night. So I expect that and I embrace it. But when your child is waking four to six times per night and it's not okay and you're not coping, then it's something to look at. And I knew it was something else. I knew it wasn't just a standard biological requirement. Not just biological, not just developmental, and no, not just the bloody ghosts. Something else, and that something else was me and my nervous system. It still is me and my nervous system, but we've come a long way. So this is what I know to be true now, guys. Firstly, when it comes to sleep training, you can train your child to sleep better and learn better habits, 100%. And please go and do that if you need to. There is no judgment here. There is no right or wrong. There is no one size fits all. You do what is right for you. I've had to sit in the room and let Raphael cry for five or ten minutes straight and let him know that I'm there. But let his nervous system unwind. Let him regulate by releasing the cortisol and the energy locked in his system that's preventing him from sleep. I didn't let Soleil do that, and she needed to. She needed to, but my nervous system couldn't hack it. She took me to an edge that brought up my own inner child wounds, and I couldn't hack it. It rattled me. In saying it, I feel it again. It rattled me to my core. It terrified me. It made me feel I was not okay, I was not safe. I would not be okay, I was going crazy from it. And that fear of going crazy is related to a core wound of mine as well. And she brought that up for me to heal and I'm so grateful because I'm working on this now with my mentors and it's a huge healing process, but fuck, it's beautiful. Like the shifts that I'm experiencing now. So I'm so grateful for that. So go for it. Soleil needed it, Raphael needed it, you might need it to break a pattern. Please do it in some way if that's what's right for you. You don't have to grin and bear it because you've bought into a dogma about attachment parenting and this is what attachment parents do and they always go to their children and that's the only right way and babies need you, babies need you. Fuck that guilt and that shame shit, please. Don't buy into one dogma. Get rid of all the dogmas. Please listen to your heart. Listen to the collective heart of your family and what's needed. Follow what's right for you. It might give you back some strength and empowerment and some sanity and refocus you like it did for me. Now, the other thing that I know to be true for me 
is that with my children, I could train till the cows come home and it won't necessarily stick if A, your baby is sick, B, developmental leaps are happening, C, teething is not easy for your baby like it is for my babies, and D, the most important element and the hero reason for me is if they are plugged into a collective nervous system that is running a fear, unsafe, insecure script, no amount of sleep training will work permanently. It might work in bursts, but it won't work until you look at yourself, until you heal your wide up dysregulated nervous system, until you ground and earth, until you let go of the stories triggering your sympathetic mode, until you change the script of fear and insecurity within you. You change yourself, ah, they change. You calm, they calm. You ground, they ground. You breathe, they breathe. You cry, they cry. You're angry, they're angry. It's challenging. The first four years of life with a child, they are plugged right into you. But this is the truth. I recently was texting the beautiful woman who helped us gently and lovingly sleep train Raphael when he was seven months old. And I just checking in with her to let her know what was going on with his sleep. And I was just saying, it's really weird, you know, he's been waking loads and I figured out a few little things, you know, he was too hot in the room and teething, you know, he's cutting a stupid amount of teeth in one go. And I said, what do you think? His naps were also bad during the daytime. He was waking halfway through. And she gave me the usual information about if he's falling asleep on the boob, he's going to be waking expecting that, which I know to be true because if he does fall asleep on the boob and not in the cot, he will wake expecting that. She said, so make sure you're changing that. Okay, check. Good reminder. Thank you. So I've gently changed that again. And he's responded super quick to that. He knows. But she did say this. She said, at this age, at 15 months, the kind of crying that he will do when you sleep train him will be horrendous and it will be long and it will be challenging and it will be way more emotional than it was at seven months and I said from everything that I've learned about surrendering to baby's sleep and to their timeline and to trusting in their own time frames and their own needs and right down to the very core component of my nervous system and regulating myself I think I'm just going to ride it out and I'm going to trust he and I to find our way through this dance together and to not force him into another way of sleeping because I know he can actually do it. There's just something else triggering him and unsettling him and I'm just going to keep on working on myself. So I'm going to ride it out and let me make this very clear. She wrote back and her response was, if I was you, I would be doing the exact same thing. I just muddle my way through it, do the best that I can, try not to boob him to sleep and see how it shifts in the next few months when you can communicate even clearer to him about what sleep is going to look like. And I remember doing that with Soleil. At around about 20 months, I started to gently and lovingly talk, talk to her about sleep. Mummy's leaving the room now. I'm going to let you sleep now. It's time to sleep now. And she got it. She got it. 
So like I said at the beginning, this is my journey, my story, my experience, my babies, my nervous system. Please take what you will from this, but this is what I know to be true about sleep. It's not clear cut. It's not textbook. There's not a list of things that you can tick off. It's a messy game. But if there's one takeaway I want you to hold on to from this episode, it is look at your nervous system. Look at where you're sitting within your own nervous system. What mode are you running at? What predominant energy are you sitting with? What beliefs are you carrying within that energy? What is your child plugged right into? And this is why I teach things like tapping and meditation and embodiment practices, so coming back into our body, regulating through our body, staying out of our head and coming into ease and flow by switching into parasympathetic mode through our nervous system. This is why I'm teaching these things because I'm experiencing firsthand and have been experiencing firsthand for years now how these energetic tools create a huge shift in the way that we are in our body and in our energy and how this flows on to our experience in motherhood right down to baby sleep. It's so key that you're doing the work to regulate yourself, to clear your energy, to realign yourself, to make those mental, emotional, energetic shifts. And if the first shift that you have is from listening to this episode and having a light bulb moment, then yes, hooray, awesome. I high five you for that. I'm so open to talking to you about this more. So please send me your messages, comment, write in privately on Instagram if you want. Let me know your thoughts, your feelings, your questions. Because I know this is a big topic and I know it triggers a lot of people. And I know sleep is just so key to health and sanity and happiness. On those bad sleep days, I'm just astounded by the person that I am. Everything is coloured grey. On good sleep days, it's like, I am amazing. I'm the most incredible person ever. Look at what I can achieve. Look at this life that I have. Look how much I have to be grateful for. I'm so blessed. So I get it, Mama. I really do. So let me leave you with that reminder. Turn the spotlight on yourself. Stop trying to fix all the external elements because the thing that matters the most is where are you sitting at energetically, emotionally? What are your children plugged into? As always, motherhood is forcing us to shine a light inward, to step into consciousness, to be awakened. And it's not an easy thing to do that, right? It's not an easy thing to go through this journey of awakening. It's not, not cruisy and fun always. It's uncomfortable. There's so much discomfort there. And sometimes to get to that point, we have to go through some really dark times, some struggle times. We have to be torn down a little bit so we can rebuild. We have to have things crumble so that we know that we want to make a change, so that we want to hustle and move and shift it. My biggest motivator for the healing that I'm undergoing right now the journey that I'm on to heal my nervous system, to heal the traumas within me, to heal the child within me, all of that 
My children are my biggest motivator for that healing. And I'm so grateful for them for that. Because as I heal me, I can heal them too. So it's no surprise to me that they've entered this beautiful earth of ours, reflecting so many of the same wounds that I carry. I could sit here and blame myself for that, or I could see that that's a perfect divine sacred contract so that we can heal each other. And I'm stepping up to the plate for that. And baby sleep carries so much of that healing. You might never get to the perfect sleep situation. It's not about that, but it's about what it facilitates for your healing. So I'm going to leave it there with you. I feel this is a perfect reminder here about my Alchemy of Emotional Freedom program. It's still available for you to purchase online and to jump in. It's not too late to join us for the live rounds. The Alchemy of Emotional Freedom teaches you some powerful tools, EFT, tapping, chakra work and white light work, essential oils and how to use that to regulate yourself, to clear to shift beliefs and patterns, to tap into more emotional freedom and lightness and grace and ease, to have tools on the hand ready to go when you need to create some shifts and then how you use those tools for your children too. So it's not too late guys, please head over to the link in the show notes or to my website clarabay.com and join us. It is a powerful experience and you're going to love it got a beautiful community of women ready to dive into this learning together i'm so grateful that you're here as always for tuning in it means so much to me and i'm just one mama on the path to work and i hope that you choose to wake up with me too ciao